This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you. So make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody. What's up? We're back after a long hiatus, at least in terms of the regular episodes. But obviously, if you have checked in on the feed, you know last week you got a special new thing we're doing on the podcast called the Riot Report. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check that out. I had a great interview with the president of the Reedy River Riot, Andrew Phillips, and going to be doing the Riot Reports going forward this season every week. These episodes, the regular episodes, will hopefully be dropping on Mondays in your podcatchers, and the Riot Reports will hopefully be dropping on Wednesdays. So that is how you will be able to distinguish them. These episodes, your normal regular episodes with me, are going to have uh, the numbers and the titles like normal. This is episode 60, if you can believe that. We're finally uh, moving forward, getting to number 60. The Riot Report episodes will obviously start out with Riot Report and then maybe a little description on what the episode is about. So that's just kind of uh, off the top, a little a little housekeeping needs for you to let you know what's going on here at the show. So today's episode may be a little longer than normal because we got a lot of catching up to do and got to get into looking back at this weekend's preseason friendly match against the Battery uh, but before we do that, want to do a little catch-up from the offseason. Obviously, the Greenville Triumph made it all the way to the USL League One final where they fell to a very, very good North Texas SC team. Had the opportunity to be down there in Frisco to watch that match in person. And I tell you what, it was a pretty, pretty good showing from the Triumph. I mean, they looked really good. But obviously, uh, did not was not able to get it done there in the end. But I'm hopeful that... Uh, they will build on that experience going forward because, as we'll talk about here in a minute, we got a lot of returners coming back. So in the offseason, uh, starting off, the very first thing that we heard in the offseason that I think was really exciting is that in 2020, this year, the Greenville Triumph are going to fill, field a youth all-star team for the USL Academy Cup. Now, the USL announced the Academy Cup last year, and it was something that the Triumph were listed as one of the teams going to be participating in it. They obviously did not do that last year, uh, but they have said they're going to do it for 2020, a 12 and under team boys, 12 and under boys team. Uh, it's going to be a 10 to 12 week experience for those players and then a national tournament event on Memorial Day weekend where they will travel uh, to hopefully bring back a trophy for representing the Triumph. And uh, the cool thing is the team is covering the traveling cost, uh, uniform cost for those players. It is, uh, I know they had tryouts back in December, so hopefully we'll be hearing a little bit more about that in the future. Hope to get an interview maybe with uh, somebody from the organization to talk about the Academy Cup and the Academy team and how they're going to be doing that going forward. So that And, and if we can help out and watch and, and cheer this t these guys on. Cause I think, uh, you know, they're a part of the triumph organization. They're going to wear that badge. We want to cheer for them. We want to be supporting them as fans. So the second thing I want to talk about is uh, player movement. Cause that a lot of that happened in the off season. Uh, some, some 
folks going away, some folks staying, some new additions. So we're going to talk about all of that. The first thing we saw was that the options were declined for seven players coming out of the 2019 season. Sammy Gadiri, Edmundo Robinson, Ryong Choi, Travis Ward, Dominic Boland, Cameron Saul, and Miguel Uribe. Now, some of those names may seem a little shocking and surprising, particularly Dom Boland. I think for me, he was a guy that played a lot last season, especially towards the end, had some really, really big highlights for this team. But I think when I look at some of these declined options, uh, there's a big, a big red thing hanging over all of them, and that is international slots. So every team in USL League One gets seven international slots that go to non-U.S. players or players with a U.S. green card. And uh, when you're trying to work in that limitation, that can be awful tricky because a lot of your talented players uh, are going to be from overseas. Uh, Not all of them, but you're going to have several from overseas. And so when you're looking at uh, making cuts at the end of a season, sometimes you got to make some hard cuts. And as we'll talk about, one of the guys on that list is uh, is actually still back with the triumph trialing for a p- potential spot. But again, that international slot issue can become tricky. Now, teams can trade international slots, but again, because they only have seven, kind of hard to imagine that a team would willingly give one up. Uh, the only situations I can think of where that might happen is if you're looking at a MLS two team like a North Texas SC in particular who has a strong academy of local players. They might not need all their international slots or even an Orlando city or a couple of the new teams, new England revolution two or the Fort Lauderdale, Miami enter Miami two team. Uh, those, those two teams are the new ones coming into the league that are you, that are MLS two sides. That would be other situations where maybe they wouldn't need them. But again, Unless they have a strong academy system like Dallas, I'm not sure that uh, that would be the case for them either. So kind of hard to imagine you'd be able to trade for international slots. Maybe that's something the league will look at down the road as an opportunity to bring in more young players from uh, internationally that can benefit these teams. But for now, that is the that is the roster restriction we have, and I think that's why some of those guys just got – Turned away um, after last season. Some of them, not not unsurprisingly, there's guys on the list that didn't play a ton. And so, you know, there's a lot of – honestly, for me, I think there was a lot less turnover than I expected. If you watch – if you follow USL Championship at all, you know that from year to year, sometimes there's only four or five players kept from year to year for with teams. And we kept a, a good many, and I think that was great. So – Let's look at the guys that we actually either re-signed or had already had contracts for this season that were coming back for the Greenville Tribe. And there's going to be some names in here that are going to sound weird, and I know they're not necessarily still here, but these are the guys that at one point or another were signed to come back to Greenville to play for the Triumph. Dallas J., Aaron Walker, Cole Seiler, Carlos Gomez, Omar Muhammad, Max Hemmings, Chris Bermudez, J.J. Donnelly, Kevin Pollitz, Tyler Pollock, Evan Lee, Paul Klaus, and Jake Keegan. So 13 guys were slated to come back to the Greenville Triumph for year number two. And that was a ridiculously high number in my mind. Um, But not all of those guys are actually going to be playing with the Triumph this year. And 
Most of the ones that aren't coming back, it's for great reason. Kevin Pollitz uh, was the first of this crew to get transferred to the USL Championship side, Hartford Athletic. Look, it, it makes sense. Kevin Pollitz, in my mind, was one of the best players on the field last year. And he's a, he's a guy from the, the Northeast, so he's getting to move a little bit closer to home. It was a move that made sense. The team was able to get some money back for it, which is a huge thing. Not all USL League One teams were able to make moves like that. Um, so that was a big, big, big deal for Greenville to get to do that at least once. And not only get to do it once, they got to do it twice. Because as we moved through the offseason, I think a guy that the Triumph were excited about bringing back they started getting some phone calls about this guy, and Christopher Bermudez was sold to USL champion side Real Monarchs, the team that actually won the USL championship title last season. So he's in good hands. If you don't know anything about the Real Monarchs, they are the USL championship affiliate of Real Salt Lake. Uh, like I said, they won the USL championship last year. Uh, and so it's a big deal. This is not a bottom tier team that, that Chris is moving up to. Uh, and, and actually the real monarchs have pulled a couple of really good guys from USL league one for next year. I know they got Joe Gallardo from, uh, the Richmond kickers and they have gotten last year's league one MVP, Arturo Rodriguez on loan from FC or from, uh, pardon me from North Texas SC, and so they're, you know, they're going to be, this is kind of a good pattern. I like seeing a team, not just a, a team in the championship, but the top team from last year starting to bring in some of this USL League One talent that has stood out from the year prior. I think that's a good sign for this league as it continues to grow and develop. And there's one other name on that list of returning players that's not, sadly, not going to be playing for the Greenville Triumph this year, and that is our hometown guy, Mr. Cole Seiler, he announced his retirement from professional soccer uh, just last week. Really shocking and sad news. I know he's a guy who's had a, a really good career in MLS in the USL Championship, USL League One. He obviously was a huge piece of the triumph last season. But uh, look, here's the, here's the deal. Sometimes in sports there are injuries that nag you, uh, things that can compromise your future livelihood. And so I think Cole just in weighing everything said, Hey, this is the time to step back. And, uh, look, we're, we were excited to have him while we could, and, and hopefully he'll st still be around a little bit. We'll get to see him, uh, maybe out at a triumph match or, or something. Cause you know, he's, he's local, his family lives here. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to see him around this season. So we have added a couple of players, uh, really strong additions, I think initially and all the way through really, uh, so far, we've added five players. We've added defender Brandon Fricky, who was the captain of the now-defunct Lansing Ignite FC. Uh, he is great, and I'll talk a little bit about his performance against the battery, but uh, a great guy who slides right in there where Kevin Pollitz was playing all last season. I don't think we're going to miss a step there in, in a lot of ways. Uh, we may even have a step up, which is High praise coming from me because Kevin Bollitz was my favorite player last season. We added uh, midfielder Colin Stripling from FC Tucson. Again, I think uh, I think Colin may see some playing time here, but I really think that's more of a depth piece than anything else because uh, I think we have some talented guys in the midfield already, 
uh, honestly, so many that it's getting, it's getting bogged down with, uh, who's going to play, who's going to start. But look, we want to have depth. That was a thing we lacked a little bit last year when guys got hurt. We had a small roster, and it was oftentimes hard to fill those voids. So having a great piece who played a good bit last year for FC Tucson, that's always good to have. Added forward Alex Morell from Tormenta. Listen, Alex Morell might low-key be one of the breakout stars of USL League One last year. I think he was really great on the wing for Tormenta. It's kind of crazy to me that they let him walk and that uh, we were able to get him. But uh, he might be my most uh, exciting addition for the players that have been announced thus far. And uh, he showed it again, just like Fricky. He showed it at the uh, friendly on Saturday that he is ready to jump in and claim a spot here in the starting lineup. We added a goalkeeper, a really good goalkeeper that I think will be able to spell Dallas at times and give him some rest as he only had one game off last year and he didn't even really have it off. He was out on international duty. But if he goes out on international duty this year, we have a really good backup in Paul Christensen, uh, Atlanta United draftee from several years back, played most of his career with Atlanta United too, but even played a match uh, for the ones for Atlanta United uh, against Sporting Kansas City after Brad Guzan got a red card. So he's got some uh, he's got some chops. This guy is he's great, and I think he's a great addition to this team. Uh, hopefully, he'll get to push Dallas for you know not necessarily a starting position, but it's always good to have great competition right there with uh, each other. And finally added defender Abdi Muhammad. If that name sounds familiar, it is because he is the cousin of Greenville Triumph forward Omar Muhammad. They play together on the Somali national team. Abdi comes from, he uh, was signed with New York City FC and loaned to Memphis 901 in the USL Championship last year. So he's coming uh, to us with, with chops. Again, a guy, a great defender, Looked great in the scrimmage on Saturday, and so always good to add more defenders, add more depth, add some guys to challenge for starting positions. It's going to be a great uh, opportunity, I think, to see what this team looks like when we step on the field for the first time in a real match against the Chattanooga Red Wolves at the end of March. Uh, A couple of news and notes, and we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and break down uh, the scrimmage and some of the trials that are participating with the Triumph in preseason. The next piece of news we want to talk about is that the U.S. Open Cup draw, round two draw, has happened. Greenville Triumph is going to be hosting again. Never had to travel on the road thus far in U.S. Open Cup. And somehow, they do these things regionally, but somehow we got put in a central division and we are hosting a team from New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico United, the USL championship side. This will be a really fun match if you don't know anything about New Mexico United. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Their kits are incredible. It's going to be fun. They will probably bring fans all the way from Mexico. They have a very, very passionate and dedicated fan base. So I'm excited about that matchup. I think that's going to be a great one in U.S. Open Cup. And finally, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but we've added three teams to the USL League One roster. We lost a team in Lansing, but we've added three. So we'll be up to 12 teams this year. We've added two MLS, two sides, New England and Miami, and a brand new side in Omaha, 
Uh, and Omaha has a great crest with the owl. They have it. it they're going to be a lot of fun, I think, uh, to to see this year as well. So it's always good to see the league growing. It's changing the playoffs a little bit. I'm not going to get into all that right here, but uh, just know that there's there's more opportunities getting the playoffs. I think six slots, the top two seeds will get a buy. So that could be helpful and beneficial for. Uh, a team like Greenville to to say, hey, let's let's push for some of these top spots so we can uh, we can guarantee our spot into the semifinals this year. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from a sponsor, and then we will be right back. And we're back to episode number sixty of Yeah That Soccer Show, and now we want to look at the first preseason match that happened this past Saturday as the Greenville Triumph hosted. The Charleston Battery. This is the second time these two teams have met. They met last year in U.S. Open Cup, and the Triumph, after taking the lead early in the match, ultimately fell 2-1 to the Battery. But this time, the second-ever Palmetto Derby turned out a little differently, and the Triumph were able to pull out a gritty 1-0 performance uh, in spite of some very, very poor officiating and some very questionable calls on both sides, not just against the Triumph, uh, but it was it was a gritty match. It was a very physical match where there was a lot of cards thrown, which in a preseason friendly seems insane to me, but uh, there were some very hard tackles uh, and, and some guys got injured and banged up. And so, look, I mean, this is... The thing about this is you had a lot of trialists playing, I think probably for both teams. And when you've got guys who are trying to earn a roster spot, they're going to play very, very hard. And so uh, it, it was that kind of game. It was gritty. It was messy. But ultimately, it was a great performance by the Triumph. Here's some things I thought looked really, really good. Okay. So last year, one of the things the Triumph struggled with was scoring and offense and finishing. And we, I think we were the lowest scoring team in USL League One, but we had a great defense. And so that propelled us to a championship uh, appearance. Now this year, it looks like the team is maybe putting a bigger focus on that attacking side. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but it did seem like there was a lot of, lot less possession and build through the midfield and a lot of like shooting up the wings or booming it over the top, looking for, looking for spots. Uh, there was a guy, one of the trialists that I'll talk about here in a little bit, that was just pinpoint accuracy, dropping some bombs up the field, trying to create opportunities and scoring possessions. And so it looked, it was great. I mean, the team looked like they were really focused on that. They wanted to get the ball forward. Now, sure, they had times where, uh, especially in the second half, as fatigue set in and they were being pressed a little more, where they were focusing more on possession in the defensive side, the defensive end. But uh, yeah, a lot of lot of offensive uh, movement on this team, and it was something that was exciting. It was uh, there was a lot of opportunities. There was one opportunity that came in the second half where the ball bounced around in the box probably four or five times. I think uh, Greenville maybe had two or three really good chances to put it in, and there was just some amazing saves and defensive work from the battery to keep that one from falling. Uh, another thing that I thought looked really good, uh, the, the trialist, yes, and we'll talk about them, like I said, here in a minute, um, but also the newcomers, particularly Brandon Fricky and Alex Morell. Uh, Fricky, 
honestly, I, I said in the first half, he, he almost has some strengths that Kevin Pollitz didn't have. One thing that I noticed was he's a very vocal center back. He was directing traffic a lot. He's kind of talking, a lot of talking. And I think that's something that last year the team as a whole really struggled with. Uh, but I think Fricky was very vocal as a leader in this match. I think another guy that I saw be very vocal, even more so than he was last year, Aaron Walker, um, really directing traffic through the midfield. And so I think you're starting to see some of those kind of things come up. And Fricky, look, Fricky was the captain for Lansing, uh, Lansing Ignite. So it's no surprise that he's going to be a guy who's going to step up, direct traffic, be a leader on the field. Uh, wouldn't honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe wear the captain's armband for a game or two this year. He's really that good. Alex Morell, the guy from Tormenta, uh, he was the guy I was most excited to see because again, he's an exciting winger. And man, he didn't let me down there possessing the ball, moving the ball forward up that right wing. Uh, he switched over to the left wing at one point. He's a guy that honestly, he's going to score some goals, but he's also going to assist on plenty of goals because he is a, he is a freight train. He's an engine. He is just running up and down the field. Um, so those guys look good. Again, the trialists, a lot of the trials look really good. There's a couple that really, really impressed me. Um, but, uh, yeah, newcomers and trialists, that was a, that was a strength for the preseason match. And, uh, the other thing is, look, last year, the, the preseason match, even the first month of the year, almost, you kind of saw a lot of like, these guys have never played together. You thought you had a core of guys that had played under Harks at Cincinnati. You thought maybe they would, uh, have some chemistry built in, but it had been several years since they had played together this year with such a strong returning core of guys, uh, it, man, you could just tell. And like, not all of the guys were on the field at the same time. Uh, Tyler Pollock, Jake Keegan and Max Hemmings weren't even dressed out. They're still, uh, on the back end of recovering from their injuries at the end of last season. And the guys that were healthy weren't on the field at the same time. You know, Harks did a good job of putting a lot of trialists with a lot of veterans to, to kind of feel out that whole process. But even when you saw the trialists on there with the vets, it just that chemistry that already exists amongst the core players seeped into the new guys. They're able to lead them. They're able to direct them because they now know what to expect from Coach Arks. They know what to expect from each other. And uh, that's, a, that's a really good thing uh, this early in the year. And I think that's going to help get the Greenville off to a fast start this season. Now, uh, there are a couple things that I noticed that I think are areas of improvement for this team after this first preseason match. But again, the guys have only been training together for a week, maybe. So there's a lot of time left in the preseason. We've got a a month plus uh, before the first league match. So plenty of time, but just a couple things that I noticed that the team hopefully will be working on in the next several weeks. First off, like I mentioned, there's this strong focus on offensive firepower, pushing into the final third, trying to create chances, something that is new for this team from last year, at least the way that it's being done. But one thing I saw during the preseason match was there was a couple of times where they just, some of the guys just taking one or two, too many touches and not looking for someone to pass it to or to cross it to, or honestly pass it back sometimes there there was just there was a couple times where I know Omar in particular I saw him a few times just dribbling it one too many times and then getting dispossessed by the the battery defense and that's something that 
again, it's a little bit of a change in mentality for this team, and so they're going to have to to learn that. There's going to be some growing pains, but hopefully it's something that they are working every day on. Uh, another thing I noticed was uh, stamina. Again, these guys have only been training for a week now, so this is not really that concerning. But you know, towards the end of the end of the match in the second half, they they was really looking they were looking gassed, even uh, with a lot of rotation, a lot of getting in some trialists, uh, subbing in some guys. And Coach Hark said post game that he played a lot of these guys longer than he intended to. Um, but it just circumstances were what they were. You had some injuries. You had some guys have to come out early that uh, some of the, some of the guys had to play a lot longer than he would have hoped. Uh, but stamina, that's something that, that obviously will come with, with more weeks of training. And uh, finally, the, the officiating in this game, again, pro referees we saw last year for USL league one, weren't the best, and it doesn't look like they've improved much, if at all, may have even taken a step back, at least with the crew we had on Saturday. Uh, they were not great. Uh, I hope that's an anomaly. Again, it wasn't all against Greenville. It was it was kind of both ways, but they just made some really like head-scratching calls, some offsides calls. Uh, a goal that Aaron Walker scored that was taken away a good minute later after the goalie was talking to the center official and told him that he, he was obstructed. And then the, I guess the center official believed him or something It was really weird. Uh, but Hey, it happened. It's fine. Greenville won. But, uh, yeah, I think the refereeing is going to be an issue again this season. Uh, my man of the match this this week for this match was Aaron Walker. Again, here's a guy that shared the armband, the captain armband with Tyler Pollock last season, but he looked every bit the captain out there on Saturday. Really did a great job of both directing traffic with the returners and with the trialists, like getting getting guys in the right place, setting up spots, and he converted a penalty to get the goal. Uh, he had he was that the guy that actually scored the other goal that got wiped off so could have had a brace but definitely had the uh, the winning goal there so Aaron Walker was my main of the match uh, so coming up next the Triumph are going to travel down to Charleston on Wednesday for a closed door friendly against the Battery and then they'll be back here in the Upstate on next Saturday to face the Charlotte Independents another USL Championship side which that's really awesome that. Uh, Coach Harks has scheduled USL championship competition for the preseason. I think it's going to help this team uh, play up uh, once the regular season starts. But that's going to be next Saturday, February 22nd at 7 o'clock. It's free, F-R-E-E, free for anyone who wants to come. But it will not be at Legacy Field. It is going to be at Alumni Stadium at Bob Jones University. So just Google that. You can find it. It's super easy to get to. But that is going to be... Uh, a different location for the match next Saturday. So um, I'm going to we're gonna take a quick break and hear from Coach Harks and Aaron Walker, their post-match comments, and then we'll come back and talk about the trialist. But before we jump to the sound bites, I just want to let you know the normal place we do the post-game press conference was uh, holding a basketball game. So we actually were out on the field. So there's a lot of music in the background. It's very loud. Uh, so I apologize if the sound is not as good as it could be. Uh, just bear with me this week, and hopefully you can appreciate uh, the little sound bites that are about to drop. First up, let's hear from Captain Aaron Walker after Saturday's match. 
All right, Aaron, first game back on the pitch for 2020. I know it was a preseason match, but can you tell me kind of your thoughts about the game, how your team showed out so far in this early? Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty impressive result, and I think um, obviously it gives us a good base of, of now we know where we are, and it's something to build off of. You know, obviously the results are important, but we wanted to see how people people reacted, and we got a good feel for how we are as a team, and we just continue to build on that. So, so what really stood out to you so far? Uh, I think the way we managed the game, I mean, fatigue obviously set in early. It's preseason, so that's that's part of it. But the way we managed the game against a good side, um, you know, it showed a lot of experience from guys, and guys stepped up. So it's, it's exciting to see a lot to build off of. Yeah, and you're going to Charleston on Wednesday. So is there anything in particular that you're looking more from your team on, on the second preseason game? Um, yeah, I think we can be a little bit more clinical in the final third. You know, we, we created quite a few chances before, you know, fatigue set in. But um, when we do get those chances, I think we're going to have to put them away because against a side like them, you know, they, they capitalize quickly. And, and I think we can take more chances. So. What, is it, what does it do for the team? You guys are playing USL championship teams in the preseason and, and really not anybody else. How do you think that's going to prepare you guys going into a League One season? Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously a good test. You know, Charleston's been around for a while, and they're an accomplished side. And I think for us to come out with only six or seven training sessions and to be able to put a performance in like that, um, it gives us a lot of confidence. And that's something we're going to need to carry throughout the preseason and um, into the season. So I think it's going to prepare us really well. So you get your first goal waved off, and but you, you come back and get the penalty. Yeah. You feel a little bit justified in that. Yeah, yeah, I was fortunate, and uh, you know I'm glad my teammates, you know, have have confidence in me to step up and take it, and uh, we were able to get one and and hold them off. So all, all in all, good result, good team win. So. And now let's uh, go to the thoughts of Coach John Harks post match on Saturday. Coach, first game of the 2020 season, quote-unquote, in the books against a really good USL championship side. It was a physical match. You guys took a bit of a, more of a beating, I think, than you thought they would. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Charleston's a tough team. They've got a lot of experience, and uh, they've been in the league for a long time in the championship, and uh, they're always going to bring their A game, I think, no matter what time of the year it is. They're, they're about three, four preseason games in already with fitness, so we, we lack that a lot. Um, I think from a tactical standpoint, we were quite good. Um, early on, we've had five, six days of training. And um, so we've got a long way to go. But it was good to get the win for the guys. They did well. They managed the game well. That was the number one thing, I think. We, you know, you're looking about how can you manage the game situations? How, how do you, when you're up in the lead or when, whether you're down a goal, how do you actually manage the game? I thought our guys did very well. I thought Brandon and Evan Lee were fantastic centrally out of the back. Dallas was strong, Paul was strong, and then a lot of the trialists, they stood up and did well today. I was, yeah, Aaron said that in his interview with us, that, you know, once fatigue kind of set in, you could see an obvious slow in the game, but you still played very well. You managed the game very well, and I think this speaks to the involvement and, and the progression your team can make on Wednesday and in these matches against the USL Championship clubs that, you know, you're going to have a great year, too. Well, I mean, you never want to get ahead of yourself. We, we still, today we'll analyze, we'll identify some of the things we need to close up in the gaps and where we were from last year. Um, we're trying to give these guys, uh, we're envisioning what we want from this season. And I think uh, some of them are still in the dark on that, but that's okay. Um, that's part of early process. And what we can do is grow from this. We can learn more about ourselves from 
playing against the Charleston Battery. And we'll get another chance on Wednesday. So the games come fast and furious early this year because we stayed local and I wanted to get these games in with the championship sides to test us. So it's really not about the win column, but it's more about like how do we manage situations in the game? How do we manage our emotions when a big team physically comes at us like that? Um, and the guys did well. I was really pleased. Yeah, so you had newcomers and veterans both stand out. Like you said, what do you expect a little bit more from your team on Wednesday when you go face Charleston there? Um, I think a little bit more uh, discipline in coming out of the back with the ball. Um, I thought that Charleston stepped up the pressure quite a bit second half. We made some changes, um, and it, it, that's part of it. When guys go on the field and they don't know each other, mm -hmm. we're all still trying to figure out how you complement who and the strengths and weaknesses. But from a tactical shape, yeah, it, it struggled a little bit second half, but then we came back again. Um, I asked a little bit more of guys in minutes, which I didn't want to um, because we had three guys out injured from last season too with Tyler and, and Jake and Max, obviously. So, look, overall, yeah, it's good. We got to build on this and then move forward. But right now it's about keep staying healthy. We got to have guys that are healthy. And we had three kind of head injuries today, so it's a little bit – we got to be cautious in that. Uh, so I know it's early in the preseason, um, but you got a game under your belt. You're, you've obviously scheduled – these championship opponents for preseason. How do you feel like the team is developing so far this year compared to last year from starting from scratch? Yeah, you can already see when with the retention of 14 players, sold a couple guys, and uh, but you can already see the the it's more like gamemanship and, and maturity and the way that they approach things and bringing in um, Brandon Fricky, you know Alex Morell. I mean, you look at these two guys and, and what they bring to the table and. Um, you know, Paul Christensen, you know, goalkeeper in the second half. He's dealing with the back line that is shifting, and we brought Cesar Murillo on the second half, and uh, Trevor Schwartz did very well. I mean, it's – look, I mean, it's early. And, and we say, what, what's preseason for? Well, it's, it's to find out more about who we are and how do we need to improve as a group already. So from the first one to the third to the fifth to the sixth preseason game, we want to be ready for the 27th, and that's our target. So we're kind of – we're trying to work backwards, you know, from there backwards a little bit. And we still got to be a little bit cautious. But look, it's been good. It's been great. I think some of the guys we've added to the group have been good. Very good. Good experience there coming in. As always, a huge thank you to Coach Harks and to Aaron for giving us some time post-match to break down that, uh, that match against the battery. Uh, so I know we're already running a little longer than normal on the pod, so I'm going to go really quickly uh, just to talk about a couple of the trialists and where the team sits in, rel in relation to last season. Uh, I don't want to go through the trialists one by one because I'm going to write an article about that later this week. And uh, just follow us on Twitter at YTSS Podcast to see that when it drops. Um, but let's let's look at where the team sits in relation to last year. So the team has 15 on the roster confirmed right now. Last year, we had 21, 23 if you counted the two academy guys. Again, the team could do that again this year, but I don't, I don't know how feasible that is in terms of actually having guys that can see the field. You know, those guys were high school kids. They couldn't come out and, and train with the team as much as they would need to to be real pieces on this team. Now you have teams like North Texas who are doing that on a regular basis because they've got an MLS Academy. They're just set up differently. We don't have that here. So we can do the best we can, but there's there's no guarantee that anybody who is ever on an Academy contract with us is going to see much playing time, if any. 
So we're six people uh, short of uh, what we were last year, but we already have six internationals on the roster. That means we have one international slot left. That can be a little complicated because we've got uh, eight guys on trial right now, at least that were there Saturday. And of those eight, three of them are internationals. So only one of them in theory can get on the roster unless you are able to trade for another slot which I don't see happening. So that's going to be problematic for at least two of these guys. And I think I know the one that they would sign, but let's look at the breakdown right now. So we have two goalkeepers. Last year we had three, so we're one shy of that. We have four defenders on the roster. Last year we had seven. So that's our biggest, uh, what I would say our biggest area of need is right now is our is our defensive depth. <laughs> We have seven. We have six midfielders. Last year we had seven, so we're one shy. And we have three forwards. Last year we had four, so again, one shy. So you need one goalkeeper, one midfielder, one forward, and three defenders to make up for what we had last year. Now, look, the breakdown might not be that same exact thing as last year. And again, you have guys that can play defender and midfielder or midfielder and forward. So it's it's not all apples to apples in terms of all those numbers lining up perfectly, but you got a couple guys on trial that I think are going to be uh, really good. Just a couple of names to mention to you really quickly. Uh, one of the goalkeepers on trial right now, we have two goalkeepers on trial. We have three forwards on trial, two midfielders and one defender. Although one of the midfielders is a defensive midfielder. So I think he could maybe play a little defensive. He could play as a defender potentially, um, but one of the guys on trial as goalkeeper is, uh, a guy who played for the team last year, Miguel Uribe, who was released, um, at the end of the season, his option wasn't picked up. Uh, and I think the team really likes him, but he is Colombian. So he would take up an international roster slot. And I think that's a very valuable commodity to spend on a third goalkeeper and even a backup goalkeeper, even if he was the backup, uh, I think it would be hard to justify spending that on him when you have some other options that I think could be very valuable pieces in either a starting lineup or competing for a starting position. And the guy that I want to mention in that regard is the guy who most impressed me of all the trialists, a guy that I told coach Harks after the game, I said, I know you don't, care about my opinion on this, but if you sign this guy, he might be my new favorite player. That guy's name is Lachlan McLean. He is Australian. He has spent the last four years at SIU Edwardsville, where he's played 61 games and had 20 goals and nine assists. That's an incredible rate for a forward. But more than scoring prowess, I think what I appreciated about him is he's bulky, he's thick, he was going up against some very large Charleston Battery defenders who were knocking him around. They were knocking all of our guys around. And there were, if you looked at the if you looked at the field pre match, you could tell that you could tell that one team was a championship team and one team was a League One team. They had much more size than we did, and some of their guys were very large. But uh, Lachlan was a guy who wasn't going down easy. He wasn't going to take being pushed around. He's real gritty, and he was just dropping some crosses in a bucket for the Muhammad brother or the Muhammad cousins, sorry. Uh, and just creating chances, uh, really, really impressed with him. I, I think he could, you know, he's listed as a forward. I think he could be a good midfield piece potentially playing there right there with, uh, Carlos. Uh, but he was the one that really impressed me. There's a couple of other guys that, uh, 
that impress me and some guys that have some USL championship experience, but I'm not going to spoil all that here on the podcast. I am going to save that for the article that will be going up later this week on the blog. So just make sure you stay tuned for that. So next week we are going to have another episode, hopefully on Monday, regular episode, and then hopefully we'll have a riot report next week. We're not going to do one this week, but hopefully once we've seen both home preseason matches, we'll get one of those guys on to come and chat from the riot perspective about uh, the rest of the preseason, what we think going into year two will ultimately look like. So thanks for joining us today and we will talk to you next time.